The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Andrew, thank you very much. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Ashley Larkin, the TV chef and the mindful eating coach, with me. Uh, to talk about ragu this week. Yeah. So bolognese sauce, basically. Yeah, yeah. So just open a jar of Don Mio, turf it on. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. There Ashley, we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs> Me and a whole lot of purists are now just in a state of turmoil <laughs> after that sentence. Okay, so what does ragu include then? It includes, so it is a meat sauce, okay? It's not a meat, it's a sauce. It's a sauce that goes with pasta. And I think we kind of, that's a muddle up. We kind of serve it with, there's a big pile of spaghetti on the end of the plate. Then you pile this lump of meat on top and mm-hmm. it's very tomato based. Yeah. And hey presto, that is not what it is. So it is meant to be about the pasta and it's the sauce. The meat is a garlic garnish that appears in this beautiful sauce. So it travels all the way back. We are looking at 1700s, um, originated kind of in France originally. So the, the Italian ragu is R-A-G-U with a little accent over it. Yeah. That stems from the French, which is R-A-G-O-U-T. So it's basically meat and vegetables cooked long and slow in a broth. So that's that's what it was. Um, we've come to kind of know this version that is far too tomato-y than, than is original at all. So like I said, it started out in France. It was this slow cooking. Then it made its way to Emilia-Romagna in Italy. Mm-hmm. Then it travelled to Bologna. It travelled to Naples. So there's a couple of different versions of what a, a classic ragu is. Um the Bolognese version, which is the one we primarily yes. use a lot of, um, is, I suppose, there's, there's differences in terms of wine is used. So you've got your meat, which is traditionally beef or yeah. pork, um, or beef and pork. In the the Napolese one or the one from Naples, they like to use big chunks and cuts of meat and slow braise them down in this broth. Okay. Whereas the Bologna version they use ground beef. So they're grinding it up, they're mincing their beef, very similar to what we would. Um, in the Bologna version, it's white wine that they use to deglaze the pan, to render out the fat. And then in the Naples one, they actually use more red wine. So there's there's little differences. Do you put red wine or white wine into yours? Red. Red. Absolutely, okay. yeah. My wife doesn't drink red wine, so the only time I get to drink it is if someone else is there or if I'm making something like this. So and a I glass can, goes So in. I can open a bottle and drink half of it <laughs> and put the other the rest of it in the dinner. There you go. That's a good that's a good use for it. Um so but so that means I'm making more of a Nepalese you are. ragu when yes. I put in the red wine. Yes. Which should be then you I should be using more kind of diced meat as opposed to mincemeat if I'm yes. if I'm a purist yes doing it correctly okay. yeah. and again you're talking about like those kind of you know the brisket you're talking about those like short ribs so like tougher cuts of meat from the front of the animal that need that long long slow cooking um, the other thing that the Naples one is that you probably do as well is there's a much higher ratio of tomato in the one from Naples than yes. the one from the Bologna. Um, so it's a much deeper one. They also use lots of herbs, particularly basil is really, really prominent in the Naples one. That sounds um, like you're, you're describing the bolognese that most people yeah. make. It's actually We actually all make the Naples one. Yes. But yes. We, use, we call, call it, it bolognese and yep. we use the bolognese meat. We use like minced meat. Yes. But actually, we're all making Nepalese ragu. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. We're going with that version. Okay. Yeah. Now, the other big distinction is in the Bologna one, in the Bolognese, they use um, milk and cream, which is not something a huge amount of people do here. Sorry, this is confusing me. So the in Bologna, if you order this, you will get minced meat, but they will make the sauce with milk, cream and white wine. Yeah. 
Yeah. With red meat. Yes, but they, and there is tomatoes in it as well. So I'll step you through it, right? How, oh, how you're going to make it at home. confusing me. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing is you're going to, technically you're going to need about four to six hours. This is long, slow cooking, okay? Okay. Best to make it the day before and have it the next day to let all those flavours develop. You are going to start it. So just, I suppose, to backtrack a little bit, Bologna, um, the Chamber of Commerce in Bologna in 1982 decided, a little bit like you and the rest of the world, we don't want the rest of the world getting confused. We want to have one solid. This is ragu bolognese. This is what it is. So they patented the recipe, 1982. So that's almost like 40 years ago. So this is that recipe that has been going. Um, you start with your 300 grams of ground beef. Okay. Into that, you have what we call the holy trinity in Italian cookery. So it's your base aromatic flavours. It's called a soffritto. That is celery, yes. carrot and onion. Okay. No garlic. No garlic? No garlic. Interesting. Do you put I garlic? Always put garlic. Yeah. And actually, there's some people who don't like putting tomato in. Uh, not tomato. Carrot. Carrot. You know, bit, like, sometimes people are a bit controversial about yeah. that. They suggest that it's not, it is not the purest thing. It is the purest thing. Absolutely. Absolutely should be there. Patented, Bologna. Okay. But no, yeah, sorry, uh, but producer Alec waving his arm does not want carrot in his bolognese. Just the meat like. and the sauce. Just, just meat and sauce and tons of garlic. Yeah. He's doing it all wrong as well. See? But oh, you know what? Alex. You know what I love about this? Rules are made to be broken and that's what I think about cooking. You know, we learn the basics, we'll do the, the get the very best out of the ingredients that we can. But yeah, rules are made to be broken, I think. So that's your sofrito. So you basically start off with a cold pan, bring it up to heat. In your pan, you're going to have pancetta. And what happens is the fat renders out the pancetta. That fat mm. coats all the vegetables. That's where you get that beautiful flavour. You need long, slow cooking there, like 20 minutes to caramelise all those vegetables. The reason they're there is to bring out the sweetness. Sweetness from the onions, sweetness the carrot. That sweetness balances out the tomato, the little bit of acidity that's in the tomato. Yes. Um, into that then, you are going to put your meat into your meat, you're putting a splash of milk. Now, why is the milk there? The milk has lactic acid in it. That lactic acid helps to tenderise the tough fibres in the meat and break it down a little bit. Okay. So that's why the milk is there. The wine then deglazes the pan, takes all those lovely flavours off. Add in your tomatoes, tomato passata, tomato puree. Fresh tomatoes don't work great in a bolognese, in a ragu. So oh, don't so use buy fresh your tomatoes. tin of chopped yeah. tomatoes. Or best yet, get two or three tablespoons of puree, tomato puree, which is really concentrated, and a couple of um, tablespoons of lovely hot stock and mix it up and almost make your own tomatoey sauce. And then you finish it with your cream. So this is where you get this silky, velvety, luxurious sauce that coats your pasta. This, this sounds delicious now. And oh, yeah. what does it look like? It's still red, so it has that ready meaty colour from the tomato, but it doesn't have that deep, deep, I suppose, depth of, of colour that you're missing from the yes. red wine and the tomatoes. But okay. it is still a red colour. There are variations where they use veal. There's a ragu um, from Bari, northern Italy. It is Italy. delicious, but it is, it is. a... I'm, I, I'm not sure I feel comfortable eating veal anymore. Or Bari, which is horse. Oh, no, I don't mind eating horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you. exactly. Those horses, I'm sure, have a happy life until they're sent to the glue factory or the meat factory. Um, at least we know we're eating horse. But Remember a few true. years ago when we were all eating it and none of yes, us knew? Yes, That yes. was a great story. <laughs> um, so that's that's the bolognese. Mm-hmm. What, the Nepalese one then is, how would you make that? Yeah, so you've got your, so they don't use pancetta, they're using olive oil. They still have their sofrito, their vegetables. They have their chunks of meat. They've got their red wine. Lots of basil goes in there. They even add things like raisins, pine nuts, lots of more tomatoes, much higher ratio of tomatoes. And then there's no cream, no milk. 
So it are is. you in the in the bolognese one then, yeah. the one with the white wine and the cream, you're not putting in any basil or anything? No herbs. No, no herbs, herbs at all? No. Now I do put herbs in mine. Okay, um, interesting. What herbs do you put in? I put rosemary. A little okay. bit of rosemary cooked off with your sofrito and I use a combination of pork mince and beef mince when I make my ragu at home and I do put a splash of milk in. I don't bother with the wine actually. Okay, splash of milk. And can you, would you make this and then consume it immediately? Or do you, you know, people kind of stockpile this stuff? Yeah, or make it, like I said, make it, give, give yourself four or five hours long and slow. Traditionally, it was cooked in earthenware. You can cook it in a pressure cooker or a slow cooker. Or again, leave it on the hob, leave it simmer, simmer away really, really nicely. Um, make it. And then, like I said, let the flavours develop, have it the next day. It lasts. Once it's cooked, sealed, airtight container in the fridge, two to three days, double batch it. If you're going to the bother of all yeah. of this, do it and have an extra batch for the freezer or an extra batch for the next day. Another lovely top tip is to it finish it. lasts longer two to three days, wouldn't it? I've, I've often eaten mince now yeah, after right. a week in the fridge. Yeah. A week? Yeah, a week, yeah. A week. Well, make sure it's heated up really, really, really well. So uh, this is, uh, maybe maybe there's people at home rolling their eyes at my naivety, as they often do, I feel, when we are talking, Ashling. Uh, but I find this really educational. I didn't realise the differences between them. But in terms of pasta, should you be cooking a different pasta then for your bolognese or your Nepalese ragu? Um, back, if we go back to kind of um, like 200 years ago, 300 years ago, we it was the, the first version of a spaghetti bolognese was with macaroni. Um, oh, right. Yeah, but purists will tell you that spaghetti or ragu should not be served with a pasta that has a hole or a hollow in it. So it should be served with flat pasta. Spaghetti is technically not really the right version. It should be fettuccine, tagliatelle, parpadelle, one of those long, flat ones that oh, absorb yes. the sauce. So again, remember, it's a sauce. The meat is just little flecks of meat, little flecks of a garnish. So it's the sauce that coats the pasta. Um, I love it with, there's a, a lovely pasta, bucatini, which is like spaghetti, but it does have the hollow in the middle. Um, um, and I actually really like it with that. They say don't have the hollow because um, the meat hides within the nooks and the crannies and their belief is that for the little bit of meat that's in it, you should see all of oh, the right, meat okay. and the meat should be first. Um, so yeah, that's that's really, really nice. Most and Irish people are probably putting a kilo of mince into their dinner they as they're are, cooking. They so are, I wouldn't worry about the meat, the, the meat going uh, hiding inside the, the, the hollows. Um, what are the mistakes people make then are kind of common pitfalls yeah well uh, to avoid. that first one was opening that jar like you mentioned at the start but we'll, we'll <laughs> forgive you for that you know better now you see um, the second one is it's not quick you have to cook it long and slow alright well uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to try this between now and uh, next week Ashley, pleasure as always and we'll talk to you then Ashley Larkin TV chef mindful eating coach we will get all of your business news after this very quick break the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.